Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. Apocalypse, welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Ooxes. I mean, Straight Out of Gotham, episode 74. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and proud members of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on heading on over to BOF and clicking that drop down for podcasts. Uh, Raymond Review, Batman Book Club, ELTD, Comics on Consoles, and this show, Straight Out of Gotham, all members of the uh, Batman Podcast Network, and so many more that uh, I did not list. So make sure you check all those out. Great people doing great things. Um, just wonderful, wonderful content. I am your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River, senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter R. Vera, and today recording on April 23rd, 2022. And as always, I have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, if you take the time to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, you have just won the Straight Outta Gotham prize pack. Uh, the contest is ongoing for this month, so make sure you get those reviews in. Reviews in. I've got a little bit of a tongue twister today. Like Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so you got to be in it to win it. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime. The only man allowed to pump your gas in Huntington, New York. A fellow Batman on film contributor. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Holzman. All right, guys. I have like five minutes because I got to go pump someone else's gas in Huntington. And that's a little far for me. So this might be a very quick show. Well, Who knows? Well, you run like the Flash, so That's, that is true. That is true. I can. One of my feats, of course, was the race. A couple of races I've won. So, and the fact that yeah. you live on an island, you can probably find a body of water, which means you could swim there faster. I mean, you're kind of you're like Aqua Flash. <laughs> you know, Aqua Flash. Aqua okay. Flash. All right. I guess I'll. I guess I could. Uh, I guess I could co-sign that one. Yeah. Uh, I did turn my, return my Twitter handle back to Aquaman as everyone's seen. So, um, and at this rate, you might be the flash in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will get to that. We will get to that in a little, in a little while, but, uh, just real quick. Um, how are you? What's going on? I am. I'm good. I have my first full weekend off, uh, in like a month and I'm really excited about it. I'm going to spend it <laughs> reading comic books uh, and uh, watching the Yankees. That's my entire weekend. Nope. Don't bother me. <laughs> right, so you're not, so, so there's no, you might not, you're not going to go to the movies, go out, do anything. I don't want to do anything. I, I literally want to have like a lazy there. weekend. I might go see the Batman at some point. I want to go do that again. I believe it's still in theaters. It is. Um, I've been falling asleep to it every night after work. <laughs> I get to like the first hour and then I just kind of fall completely asleep, but it's been wonderful to pass out to. So I have not watched it on HBO max yet. I don't know why. Uh, I think I'm just taking a little bit of a break from it for now because I I've said just, I've said this to people. I don't know if I've said it to you, but the more I watch something, then I'll start noticing the things in it that bother me. So I want to just kind of pull back for a bit. Uh, and then just let it ride for a while. Then I'll go back and start watching it again. But I did go last night to see The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is, of course, the Nick Cage mm -hmm. movie about himself. Uh, and I will def—I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. I did like how the trailers look, so I, that's what pulled me in. 
and I will say it's a pretty pretty good movie. Okay, uh, it's, uh, it's it's funny as someone who doesn't like Nick Cage as an actor, I do want to check this movie out. Yeah, I mean he's like obviously he's it's self deprecating to because that's kind of the point of the film. Uh, we all know about how he's taken every role he's kind of been offered because of his money issues, and that's something that's reflected on in the film. Uh, it's part of it, and Pedro Pascal and uh, plays just really really good off of him. And if you know, we're going to talk about this a little while. If you know the history of their relationship, it's very very obvious, even in an act a film where he's acting, that he has a very uh, has an affinity for this guy. So, guys, definitely go check it out. Uh, if you get a chance, it's a very, very good film. That would um, like be me if I ever had a chance to work with Ray Porter. <laughs> I would just. I Ux would just, himself? Yeah, I would be in awe of his just Uxisi and glory. <laughs> Here you, you hear, guys, Pete is now, now creating a kind of a language around Uxis and, and, and categories. So we have Uxisi as one of the categories now. Uh, I can't wait to get see that one pop out in some conversation <laughs> you're having on Twitter because I know that's going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> I I can't help it's just it is probably the most fun word I've ever encountered in the English language. <laughs> just ooxes. Hey, if, if Destiny's Child could get bootylicious into the dictionary, you could get ooxesian into the dictionary. I, I'm, I'm sure I could. I'm pretty sure that uh, Cardi B got WAP into the dictionary too. <laughs> Did she? No. I don't know. Probably. Oh, I thought that was bad. You might have been breaking some news here because I haven't <laughs> even heard about that. Uh, I mean, it's an acronym for, well, we know what it's an acronym for. Uh, but um, who knows? Who knows what? Hey, I don't know. I still, I, well, I remember when I heard that Destiny's Child got Bootylicious into the dictionary. I couldn't believe it was true. And I had to go look it up myself. And of course it is there. Uh, like what is that? Like the f- seven millionth printing of the of Webster's Dictionary. Yeah, I, the unabridged. I used to always like like what is the uh, what where's the abridged version and what is the abridged version? I don't know. See, we're, there's a tangent we're going on, and but uh, yes, the Webster it is in Webster. So Uxisian is next. We're gonna have to petition. We're gonna start a hashtag campaign because those always work. Wait, are, right? Can we go to change.org? Can I uh, online petition yeah. there? Uxisian? Yeah, maybe we should. We should do that for other fans. We'll, we'll create a <laughs> make Uxisian <laughs> uh, 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 an English word in yeah, the dictionary. I'm all for it. We'll get it. We'll, we'll start a campaign. Like I said, hashtags. Oh, they seem to work. So we'll, <laughs> we'll go there. So, all right. So, of course, guys, we have a ton of news for you this week, as we always do. We try and keep you up to date on what's going on in fandom and and video games and all the stuff we, we like to talk about here and uh, discuss amongst ourselves and then with you guys on our socials. So we're going to start with a story that just seems to keep giving. Uh, every week we get a new <laughs> a new look at the police blotter from Hawaii and Ezra Miller's name always seems to be on it. So he was arrested yet again in Hawaii. Uh he was at a private residence. They asked him to leave because he was getting crazy. He became irate and threw a chair and hit a 26-year-old female in the forehead, resulting in a half-inch cut. Now, I don't know what else to say about this guy that we haven't said already. It's kind of... It, right now more than ever, and if it wasn't before, okay, now this 
this is even bigger than film. Like, just get this guy the help he needs. His enablers need to bring him in, bring him back, and just explain to him, not for his career, just for his life. Whatever's going on with him, he needs he needs help. And I don't know what else to say about it. It's just it's just sad that every week we read something about this. And of course, we're we're always concerned because he is the Flash, and it's a movie we're highly anticipating. But I mean, he's a human first, and I think I just want this kid to get the help that he, they, sorry, I I screw that up all the time, so I apologize. That they need. Yeah, uh, Ezra has to realize that he needs help, and then when he does, I'm sure things will get better because if he is in denial and thinks he doesn't need help, then this isn't going to work. Um, but uh, clearly his actions uh, speak very loudly. Um, you know, I, I I don't really necessarily think it's up to Warner Brothers to get this kid help. I think it's up to him. I think it's up to, you say, his enablers, his crew, his squad, his posse, his pack, his clique, whatever you want to call him. Uh, the, the Ezra Miller contingent needs to figure out what's up with this dude because he just can't do this because he's not going to be able to work at McDonald's, much less be an actor if he keeps assaulting people and, you know, breaking into their hotel room. So uh, this dude needs to figure things out. Uh, for his own sake. Um, but, you know, uh, if you ask me, he's on the fast track to being recast uh, as fast as he got this role. Uh, you know, and uh, that, again, to no one's fault but his own. But it's just, yeah, every week, something out of Hawaii. Um, it makes me wonder what's in the water down over there. On that and island. why is he staying there? Like, I, I, I mean, he's probably got a lot of money. He just got bad paid. karma. <laughs> I, I guess maybe he's on vacation. I don't know. I know. But uh, if I'm on vacation in Hawaii and I see Ezra, I'm hopping on the plane first one out. So I just, I'm not taking any chances. I'm, you know, like, that's yeah, it. I mean, um, it, it, I like, Clearly, I don't, again, I don't know if it's substance abuse related or if he just has some kind of mental issue. I don't know. At any time we hear these kinds of stories with actors, we we always assume, I, at least I do, that it's substance abuse related because they have access to thing, everything that they want. So it's very easy for someone like that to get hold of drugs and take and then, you know, his reaction. Because I can't imagine he's like this all the time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know him personally. I don't know if right. he has an anger problem or what, but right. you just so can't I don't be know. doing this. Yes, but it's just, like you said, it's it's every week. If it's happening every week now, I mean, we, we were used to it like every year or six months, but if it's, if it's, I hate to laugh, but if it's happening every week now, it's clearly escalating. Like it's not getting better. Well, it's, I won't say every week. It's been back to back weeks. So he's got he's he's on a two week run. <laughs> so if it happens for a third week, then I think it's like oh wow, this is becoming a bad trend. But uh, did you I'll, see the video someone took of they they, they must have been Hawaii. They yes, were actually they sh- yeah they were showing the story on TV and they took the camera and then you see him talking to some random person. I was expecting him to throw something <laughs> in the video. I was like, oh, he's just standing there. Okay, so he's he's behaving. Um, yeah, That's I, crazy. Again, I don't know what triggers these events, um, or whatnot, but uh, yeah, I just Ezra's got to get himself in check. That's just the bottom line. Yep. So, and I think at least from an acting standpoint, I think we all could say we're rooting for him. Like, I definitely want to see more of what he, again, the pronouns, I'm sorry, guys, um, what he, they are going to do in the future of their career. So it's definitely something that I'd like to see more of because I have liked his work that I've seen him in. So 
it'd be interesting going forward to see the career arc and where it, yeah. and where it eventually ends up. I, I got no problem with his acting, but it's like, I, I have no real attachment to him. Like, right. Again, if he got recast at the end of the flash, like if Warner brothers was like, ah, we've had enough. We're just going to, you know, Barry Allen looks different at the end of this movie. Cause everything's going to look different at the end of this movie. Apparently. Uh, sure. Cool. Whatever. Uh, I, you know, I'm all for it. If he stays, that's great. If he doesn't, it's not a big deal to me. Um, I, I don't care. I mean, again, like I've lived through the Keaton Kilmer Clooney era, all same Batman, uh, all look completely different. And, you know, if, you know, if Spider-Man No Way Home has proved one thing, it's that you can have three characters with the exact same name look three different ways and no one cares. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, and even in his own film, even in the the Dumbledore, the Fantastic Beast series, Johnny Depp was recast. Mm-hmm. We talked about last week. Matt Mickelson took over for his role in Fantastic Beast, so we've seen it there too. And whether your feelings on the film or not, it's the same character, right? It's just a character that they're playing. Yeah. So the the part the actor doesn't own the role, even though we do have attachments to specific actors who play the roles. Like yeah. Maybe obviously, um, iconic roles like. Nicholson with Joker, Nicholson and Ledger with Joker, at least, and even Phoenix now, if you want to throw him in the mix. So, but there's specific characters that kind of say, okay, Romero is probably the biggest one, I would think, because I still think for most people, if you say the Joker, that's who they go to. Cesar Romero is probably the first guy that comes to their head, at least from my generation. Um, Yeah, I'll give you that. So, but yeah, Ezra Miller, uh, dude. Just, just get the help you need, man. We, we're, we're, we're all rooting for you, and uh, you know, let's not have, let's not do our episode seventy-five. Let's not lead with Ezra Miller. That, that's, that's my hope. Is that our next show? We do not lead with him going forward. So, another big happening uh, occurred last week uh, for us and for fans of the movie. Of course, the Batman made its debut on HBO Max. So last Monday. Batman was finally able to be seen by everyone who didn't go to the movies to see it, which I had a couple friends <clears throat> actually who didn't see it in the theater. Uh, so it was, it was now, the fir- did they not see it because they were like, I don't know about this. This is, I didn't like the last one. Like what was or just a timing thing? Is it a COVID thing? Like, did they give you I, any reason? I definitely know for some of them, it was, it was definitely still fear of the pandemic of COVID of going to the movie theater. Uh, a couple of my friends have young children and they don't mm. want to risk things like that. So they won't go, uh, they won't do stuff like go to you the mean they, theater. They're going to take children to see this movie. <gasps> <laughs> no, I think they just don't want to go and be exposed oh, okay. to around all those people. Uh, but so, yeah, I, and it's weird. It's on HBO max. I told you before we came on air, I haven't watched it yet on HBO max. I saw it four times in the theater. So, but I haven't turned it on. Uh, to watch yet i've been watching the last kingdom which is a netflix show uh that garrett actually oh so you're still subscribed you didn't pull the plug so oh i'm not no i'm keeping it um (laughs) but uh for net for that that is a tv show and it's five seasons so it's taking up a lot of my time so i've been trying to just binge and catch up i'm almost finished with it hour-long episodes yeah, the hour-long episodes. Yeah, what are you doing? You're doing it one at a time or two at a time? How are you doing this? You binging? I'm binging. Yeah, so Good it's pretty much if I have if I do all, all everything I want to do for the day and I have time, I've just been sitting down and watching it. And it's it's a very, it's a fantastic show. It's very it's similar to like Game of Thrones and shows like that. If you guys don't know what it is, uh, it's based on the Saxon stories. Um, it's very very good. But so I haven't had time to watch the Batman. Uh, but Pete, I know you said you've been falling asleep to it. So 
Oh, it's just, <laughs> I'm just so happy. It's cool. That, that That's the only thing about like it being on HBO Max that I'm really honestly thankful for is because like, I, I mean, you know, I work the vampire prostitute shift, so <laughs> I, I get home at 1 a.m. Uh, right. So it's just like, oh, cool. I can fall asleep to the Batman. Which is kind of like, you know, my go-to, my, actually, like, usually, and it's kind of becoming like a go-to sleep movie for me, which for years it was Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, and 89. Like, I pop those in, 40 minutes, I'm done. It's like, you know, <laughs> those are like my go-to movies. I can't sleep. I just put them on, and for some reason, I can, I guess because I don't even really need to watch them. I can just lay in bed. I know them by heart. Like, I can just recite the lines um, and the dialogue to the movie. So, like, it's, it's kind of becoming that, and... uh it's just, you know, that's the best part about it. Like, there's that's the one thing I'm happy about. Like, I'd love for it to not be on HBO Max so people would, in, you know, it would entice people to go see it in a theater and it would make more money. This way, uh, people would stop making fake graphs. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I am, I am enjoying it as well. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, obviously, I will eventually uh, watch it from home. Uh, it's, I told you before what happens to me with films, uh, that I like eventually, the more I watch them, I will start noticing little things that bother me. So if I remove myself from it for a little while, I can go back to it and they're not as bothersome. So that's one of the reasons why as well. Did you pre-order any of the Blu-rays? I did the, oh God, which one was it? The one that was just, someone posted it. It's the book. It's not the, it's not not the steel book. It's a book. Uh, which one was it? The, the one from the Walmart? One? That's yes, it was the Walmart one, yes. Yeah, I bought the Walmart exclusive and I did buy the Steelbook. Yeah. I didn't buy yes, I bought the Walmart exclusive. So the Best Buy Steelbook. So when it comes, then that's great. But very uh May 24th, I believe. That's when yeah. it says it's coming to my house. Yeah, so I just really liked I think Steve Helm actually posted it first and I saw it. I'm like, okay, that's the one I think I wanna I'm gonna grab. Um so that is that I'm waiting for that to come. But there is director's commentary uh, with the with the digital release and with everything that going on with HBO it's, Max. I believe it's an Apple exclusive, so I don't. I believe you can only get it through iTunes. Okay, yes, it is. You're right. Currently available as an Apple exclusive. So yes. So and Matt Reeves talks about specifically about the Joker scene, uh, the one that was kept in the film. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we saw the, the deleted one that wasn't in the film, and we spoke about that a couple of episodes ago. So he talks about why he kept this specific one in and if, and just to really quickly to go through it, it's basically to pretty much end the Riddler's arc. Yes. Closure. Right. right. Closure. So this is what he says. He said, um, a lot of people ask me, is this a setup for another movie? And to be honest, it really isn't. This for me was tracking because Paul and the Riddler were, was in the action of the third act in a very particular way. And the last we'd seen him, he was saying boom in his window as the bombs went off. And we hadn't yet seen him take in the fact that Batman had been able to pull all, pull things back from the brink and that his plan had not yet played out. I really want to see the end of the arc for Riddler. So he continues by saying, by not having this scene, not only did you not get to see what I think is a fantastic fo- performance from both actors, from Barry and from Paul, here, and when Paul starts laughing after Barry does, I find it so delightful, and it was great texture change and a tonal change from what is sort of a painful ending to the movie. But it also changed the stakes of the finale scene. When Selena says to Batman, you know this place is never going to change. And he's like, I got to try. This idea that trouble is already brewing again. That in this moment of power, of the power vacuum that people are already scheming. When you look this scene out, 
no, sorry, when you took the scene out, it didn't have the sort of same resonance and the idea that he could go away with her, seem more reasonable, and you thought, well, gee, why is he staying? Yeah, I mean, when he explains it, I never really thought it was... It's weird, because I, I in my head, I knew we were, were obviously going to get sequels to this film. I've always known that. But when I watched the movie... I never even put that into my my mind. Like I never, it never even said, well, they're setting up the sequel by having the Joker in it, uh, which is crazy because that's exactly how Batman Begins ends, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So you have that well, in your head. Reeves is just copying Nolan. <laughs> this is oh. just a Nolan reboot, Eric. Jesus, don't you get it? Um, just listening to Matt Reeves talk makes me so thankful that Batman is in this man's hands. I mean, everything he says literally is like poetry to me. Um, and the way he explains it just to get the closure. And this is something that we've discussed on Batman on film social hours, me, Lauer and jet. So like, this is, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, anything really new. Well, we've kind of, you know, figured this out ourselves as well. Um, and it's just, yeah, like, it's just great. Cause it's just, it's the greater Gotham city. Like everything's out there. Like you could see, like there are other characters and they may be in in their early stages, but like you know who they are, and it's just like man, if he thinks that like this Joker, <laughs> what do you say? It was delightful. It's like man, you are really twisted, <laughs> which is great. I'm just I'm just excited. Like it's uh, uh, cool. Like I I never really thought of it much as like well, seeing the Riddler and the Joker together does get me excited, but I'm not like right. saying, oh, this is definitely like the setup for the sequel because I'm like. Well, he's in Arkham. Um, he's got to get out. <laughs> like they both do. They're both locked up right now. And sure, like we all know the best thing about the Gotham Rogues Gallery is you can't keep them locked up. That's um, true. So, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. Maybe we get more of this kind of Hannibal Lecter type Joker. Um, that would be cool. And I get why he cut out the earlier scene. We've mentioned it before. Like, you know, he's, he goes to Arkham to talk to the Joker. Then he goes to talk to the Riddler. And it's like, okay, that's kind of repetitive. Right. As great as that scene was, you know, you, you, you know, don't go to the well too often. Um, so it, it's just, again, just so refreshing to hear this guy talk about Batman and, you know, what he thinks of the characters and how he interprets them. And, you know, the, the stuff he said about Selena and Bruce is spot on, you know, just, you know, she, she, you know, she, you know, her idea of like getting Batman, Selena's idea of getting Batman out of this is, you know, let's go rip off some hedge fund dealers or something. And you mm-hmm. know, he's like, nah, I got to stay here. My city needs help. And it's just like, he really gets Batman to the core and I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the next one. And I'm going to love the hell out of this one as much as I can. Cause I just, I'm going to watch it as often as possible. It's going to be in the rotation for sure. And again, just everything he says is just wonderful. It really is. Like he just gets it. He really does. I know I don't get it because it's a Nolan reboot, but Matt Reeves gets it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's to me the when you hear him you're right when you hear him talk about it you could tell how how much he thought everything out with this mm-hmm. film and how he really cares about the characters and how they're portrayed and to make every moment in the film connect and make sure the story is interlocked and it's sometimes in comic book movies that's hard to do and especially with a property like Batman where people have so many things in their head already because the character's been around forever uh, you know, people automatically throw their own thoughts into this 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 thing, right? Like, just really quickly, the whole in another story, in another way, he talks about the the venom. Everyone thought that Batman injected himself with venom at the mm-hmm. end when it was really just adrenaline, and um, that was kind of a big thing for people. 
And again, that's not something that's not where I went immediately when I saw it, just because of the movie I was watching. Like it, it didn't even occur to me that, you know, can that's we talk Venom. about that? I actually want to talk about that, though. No, yeah, we can. That's right. fine. Like, I, I don't think it's crazy for fans to assume that's Venom. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't like I know Bill's going to kill me on this. And Reno has been going full Reno on Facebook. But like, it's a green substance that like got him jump started. And I'm not saying this is like bane venom but if you look at denny o'neill's batman venom you know it gives him a pick-me-up it's it's not crazy for me to think it's venom it's it's a cute little fan theory if they want they debunk it in i believe the the art and making of the batman and that's fine but like without context like what are fans supposed to think and uh, i don't think it's it's you know if anything it's like a harmless little easter egg if anything you know like it doesn't have to be venom but a tribute to venom or something like that which is fine if it's like I said, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't change the movie at all, because you know epinephrine, adrenaline, whatever it is, like it does have a purpose, and all venom is is essentially a heightened form of that. Um, so, like I just, but again, like I don't think it's absolutely insane to think that you know, I don't know. I there's think- some scientists out there who made some like hardcore steroid for somebody, like because in my mind, that's what I'm thinking about venom. I'm not. Th- in the moment, I'm not thinking like, oh, dude, Bane in the sequel. I'm not thinking that at all. But I'm like, okay, he just charged his battery. He got a jump start. Could it be Venom? Yeah. Could it not be? Sure. It has no effect on the movie at all. It has no effect on me enjoying the movie. And, uh, you know, like, I'm still going to fake think it is Venom. <laughs> I, th- I think the color is the big reason why people go there. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the that's the key to, to the people thinking it's Venom because it's it's green. Yeah, he didn't come and, out looking like Jeep Swanson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the big reason why. But again, like even the fact that Reeves has to address this and he can't address it and he's not speaking around it because he knows that people know the character and he knows they know he knows that venom is part of it is awesome right like that just having someone in control of of this character right now in this in this universe at least and and who just def, just knows the character knows all mm-hmm. about um the differences and everything about his world and that that even something like that is addressed it's fantastic to me and i yeah i mean my thoughts on it were was if it was i wouldn't have bothered me because I can't, like I said, he doesn't even have smoke pellets yet in this movie. So why would he have venom? I guess it's just my logical progression in my head saying, well, that should be first. It doesn't have to be, but in my head, that's how mm-hmm. I processed it. So, but if it was, if it was, and if people want to think it is, I don't care. That's fine. It, it, again, it's part of his, is his history. It's something mm-hmm. that's there. It definitely would, would have made sense. out, you know, like, right. that's why I'm thinking back to the original venom that Denny O'Neill wrote. And yeah. that, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm not right. thinking about, you know, uh, you know, nightfall or anything. Right. Like Bane. You're not thinking <laughs> yeah. about Bane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. And that, that exactly. So that's, you know, that, that again, it just speaks to the larger, view for me and i think you as well that reeves really knows what he's doing and understands the characters i don't wants. think i think without a doubt yeah. matt reeves is the biggest batman fan to ever right. direct a batman movie hands down like it, it's it's not it, i don't think it's even in room for dispute to be honest right so keeping along with with this we're gonna stick with the batman for a little while because pete and i named the show straight out of gotham for a number of reasons one is because one because we we were talking about the show gotham (laughs) yes 
That was one. Two, because we both live in the New York City area, which is also Gotham City, which actually was called Gotham before Batman was created, but we can explain that some other time. And we wanted to kind of have that connection uh, since we both live here and, and, you know, to connect to New York City. We kind of want to have that connection when we, we put the name of the show. And we haven't, to this point, we've talked about new, obviously New York influences and stuff, but it's very weird that in recent conversations with, with Jeffrey Wright, uh, he talks about um, the New York City, new New York City Mayor Eric Adams. And is, the police commissioner. Right. Yes. And how they impact, impacted his, his performance of being Commissioner Gordon. And uh, it's kind of cool. Like, we finally have that connection. <laughs> we, we, have, we actually have a connection that Pete and I can talk to. And that's one of them. Mm-hmm. The other one, which Pete and I have brought up on this show before for a different reason, was uh, Robert Moses. If you guys, most people know who Robert Moses is. But if you don't, he's pretty Do much they? Is that is that really, like, I don't even know if many people in the Tristan area outside of New York City know who Robert Moses is. Uh, he's, I mean, he's been. I know him because I work with a bunch of people from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's responsible for the interstate system in the country. So I think if people should know, if you don't, you should know who he is because oh, it's every the country. Interst- I thought it was just a city. No, 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 no. He created the whole interstate system. Okay, I did not know who he was. Yes. So I ninety five, I eighty, all these big roads. Roads we hear if you watch the Weather Channel, they always reference it by the obviously the interstate number. Okay, Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, if you hear about all these things, um. Robert Moses' names comes comes up. He should be well, more well known. But Pete's right. He's mostly known for creating pretty much the infrastructure of New York City and why it, it is the city it is today. So in the Art of the Batman book, uh, they mentioned that um, Robert, the Falcone character that obviously... Um, Totoro. Yeah, sorry. Obviously, Totoro played is a little bit based off Robert Moses' character. So the specific quote was um, also, sorry, the design of the city as well. The design of the the sets in the Batman also are pretty much steeped in New York. So specifically for Robert Moses, he said, the quote is, he ran something called the Triborough Commission, and basically he was responsible for masterminding all these road projects throughout the city. Legend has it that his office was beneath a toll plaza in the bridge, and so as the money flowed in from the tolls, it went right through a tube into his office. I always thought that was an amazing idea for this villain. As you know, if anyone who's seen the Batman, as you know, it's pretty much understood by the end of the film that uh, Falcone, Falcone has pretty much has control of the city, right? He's the one running things. So it was very interesting. That these two different storylines that have to deal specifically with New York and the Batman. And let's be honest, even in the film, when you watch it, the Gotham Square Garden, I mean... That's obviously a play on Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah, even the right? top, the, the the roof of the building has similarities. Yes. So, Pete, what did you think when you read these two tidbits that we got about obviously um, Gordon and then Falcone? The 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 stuff about Robert Moses really piqued my interest because you know uh, Falcone is essentially the unofficial mayor of the in the Batman, right? Like they 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 state that uh, Kinsey states that himself. Um, and Robert Moses essentially was the 
ruler of New York City for a time. Um, nothing really got built and done without him. He was kind of in charge. So based in a way, he was running the city as as like a as a as a weird mayor. Um, it's very and it's interesting because we all know how corrupt Robert Moses was. You know, we know he's not a good guy, and it, you could see and we know we could see that in the Batman with uh, Falcone as well. So that was fascinating. Um, hearing uh, Jeffrey Wright talk about how Eric Adams has inspired him as Gordon because Adams is just elected. He's not, he's yeah. not even a year in office and you could, you know, and you kind of make sense because Mayor Adams is a former police officer, you yep. know, and that was part of his campaign. And, you know, obviously being a man of color, you can see, you know, why that would, uh, why Mr. Wright would take inspiration from Eric Adams, you know, that as a, as a, as a person in the police department trying to, you could just see the obvious influences there. Like it's, it, it just is like, you're like, wow. Okay, cool. You know? And, and it's cool that, you know, there are these, the, it's cool for us because they're so close to home. These two references or the three references. Cause he does, they do mention um, the police commissioner as well. Like, and Wright says it's eventually down the line, you know, that, th- that will be things that we will obviously explore and whatnot. And he goes, it's just, it's, you know, he just wants to try to, he doesn't want to copy what like Oldman did. He doesn't want to copy J.K. Simmons, even though in a brief role, he, he didn't really watch uh, a whole lot of Batman movies as much as he tried to look at real life people to inspire him. So that's why he focused on Adams and the commissioner whose uh, whose name I, I can't remember right now. I forget what her name is. Keychan. But, you know, uh, it, it's cool that he's pulling real life influences and references and not necessarily uh the movie references and you know he did say he read all he read comics and he tried to pull from that material so it, it's cool the uh where he's pulling from for uh his uh his gordon and i you know his his performance was brilliant i think it's it's really tough to you know you, you thought it would be tough to top oldman but i i think Wright's right there with him after just one film i think yeah i mean i think uh they're different obviously takes on the character uh, I think Wright's is a little bit more animated, whereas Oldman's was kind of more subdued, right? Like you mm-hmm. had these two, they're two different, but you're right. They're both fantastic. And just that I do love all the infrastructure in the Batman and how, uh, how everything was set up. Like we, I, we just explained about how they, that the, the legend is Moses had a, <laughs> a room under the city where like all the buddy would come mm-hmm. through and, Reeves puts Falcone above the iceberg lounge, right? So he has that kind of thing, like where he can oversee everything and he's the one in charge and he well, knows. 44 below is below the ice, you know, like he, it's, right. he's kind of got that too. Right. So there's a bunch, all these different influences. And if you know, if people know anything about Robert Moses, he was not a nice man. Uh, the, the quote is in his biography called The Power Broker it says, he's a man who built an empire and lived like an emperor. He was held in fear. His dossiers could disgorge the dark secrets of anyone who opposed him. And I think we pretty much get that from the Falcone character in the Batman. Yeah. I mean, we don't know who killed the Waynes. We don't know who killed that reporter. Yeah, we know who killed the reporter. And we know that he, you know, he liked favors. <laughs> yeah. He, right. He wanted so, people to be in debt to him. Right. And as Pete, I think the first time we mentioned Moses was because he was one of the reasons why the Dodgers left <laughs> New York. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that when we first discussed it, that was one of the first things we brought up. So as you could see, he he, he held a ton of power, and it's just a really yeah. cool, uh, cool place, it's a cool thing to connect again with our show and with the movie. 
uh, how how these two New York influences are are in there. It's it's great. Uh, yeah, I it's, really it's great when things come close to home. It really is. It just you know, and I'm sure people. I mean, I'm sure Lauer can attest as like people in Chicago, right? Like the Nolan trilogy. Sure, it really hits home for them because you know you see the landmarks. I'm sure people in Detroit feel the same way about BVS. You know that movie was filmed in Detroit, parts of it. So when you see those landmarks and stuff like that, and the influence of your own city in that movie, you know it, it's, you know it, it just it makes you feel good. You know you don't you, you didn't really get that in the Burton and Schumacher movies. They were kind of their you know fantastical, larger than life cities. Whereas you know these past three movies, they were more, I, I guess, realistic in a sense. Yeah, you're right. So. Really cool stuff, guys. At least for Pete and I, it, 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 I feel like we. It's only taken seventy three episodes, week, but we get to kindly bring <laughs> tie all this stuff together. Uh, which no, I been, think we've done a decent amount, and this is probably yes. the first real news story that we can tie in. But I, you know, I think we a lot of uh, uh, you know you being the champion of the island, <laughs> I think a lot of our uh, our geographical location comes out. Yeah, and I, I want to apologize for slipping into the Fal- saying Falcone a few times. It just it goes interchangeable in my head. Sometimes. Nolan never apologized. You don't need to either. That's true. Uh, you guys knew who I was talking about. So, all right. So sticking with sticking with Batman, we had another Batman related story because yesterday, Jack Nicholson, who obviously played the Joker, turned eighty five. So really quick, Pete. Outside of outside of the Joker, which we we both love his performance, what other Jack Nicholson performance do you? Can you recall uh, in your head that you love? I mean, the obvious ones, uh, Shining, Chinatown, uh, Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest. Nest. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, there's, I mean, I like, <laughs> I actually like Wolf. I know a lot of people don't. I like Wolf. Um, it just, it's, uh, what's that movie he did? Anger Management. Like, Anger just management. not even like just classic Jack performances. I just, uh, the, uh, Departed. You know, it's right. just as good as it gets. He, yeah. Jack is the opposite of Nick Cage for me. I will go see a Jack movie. Like that's <laughs> me too. It. Like if Jack's in the movie, I will see it. And he's just, and a lot of that does come from 89. I can't lie. You know, growing up, you know, 89 is such a big part of my life. And so is Jack by default. So, you know, it, it, I will go see any movie with Jack. I will rent any movie with Jack. If there's something I haven't seen, I will check it out. Or just, it's just great. I just <laughs> I, something about that voice. You know? Right. It it's weird because when I first started seeing, I first went to the story yesterday because I saw the story posted as well, and then um, Variety did his top fifteen, what they considered to be his top fifteen performances. I thought he died. That's immediately oh, where God. my head goes Please now. No. Right? Where I know, and because I, I know his health is not the best. Uh, He's so five years old now. Right. But when I saw that, because immediately now that's what I think when they start remember, you know having retrospectives on people i'm like crap did he pass away <laughs> so it was crazy but no jack is still with us so it's very very it's great and specifically a thr article did a story on from i believe it was from a commentary he did on um playing the joker mm-hmm. and he said he, <laughs> this is it, it's such typical him too um that he wanted to play a joker that scared kids <laughs> Which is which funny because now you look at it and people think of it as a campy version of the Joker, which is ridiculous I in my opinion. I, yeah, I mean, especially the first the scene after he shoots, um, what Jack Palance's character's name in the movie, I forget. Grissom. Yeah, Grissom. Grissom. 
Right. So it slipped my mind for me. Yes. What, and then he's sitting there and they close up on his face. You see how scary he looks and he <laughs> smears the blood on the newspaper. <laughs> Wait till they get a load of me. Right. Like that's such a creepy scene. If I was a kid, I that probably would scare me a little bit. So I definitely see, uh, see that angle in it. But he said the main reason he did it was because the, he was so worried how the television series had kind of put the Joker as this funny, campy guy. Mm-hmm. And that's who people knew him as. And he just wanted to completely kind of give it differently because he wanted the whole point for him was to make this a serious film. And if that's the point, that was the point of it, then that was accomplished because since that movie, uh, comic book movies obviously have been taken a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's the very, if that was the point in his mind, then it, it's mission accomplished. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, casting Nicholson was huge for the movie. I mean, as you know, if you check out my interview with Mr. Uslin on Batman on film YouTube, you know, that adds legitimacy to the, to the film, you know, an actor of that caliber, uh, Jack Nicholson is not a comedian. You know, it's not going to be a comedy, right? Like even though they caught backlash for Keaton, but adding a, an actor of his caliber really changed the perception. And you could tell, I mean, he gave it an all pro- and funny story. Actually, I saw Batman 89 probably two years ago at a drive-in theater. So, you know, and you know, I, drive-in theater, no emissions cars off. So everyone's window in like June or down, mm-hmm. you can hear everyone talk. And I was parked next to uh, a group, a family, uh, father, mother, two kids. And these kids were terrified of Nicholson's Joker. <laughs> like I could hear them uh, clear as day and I could hear the kids be like, daddy, he's scaring me. Like, and I was like, and it, when I'm reading this article about Jack wanting to terrify kids, it's like, I've seen this firsthand. Yeah. Like it, it, he was right. He did his job. And to be honest, the Joker should be terrifying. And I, th- I still think to this day, I know everyone loves Ledger. I still think Jack for me is my, Jack is my favorite Joker. I think he's the, the best interpretation of the Joker from comic to screen of all time. I, it's so accurate in my opinion, from like you said, dancing around shooting Grissom, uh, the flower lapel, uh, whiff of my posy, uh, my face on the $1 bill. Like it just, you know, it's just, I think he embodies the Joker, uh, perfectly. And I really, as good as Ledger's performance is, and as great as that take on the Joker is, when I think of the Joker, I think of Jack. Like that face is just classic. It's vintage. The comb over, the hair, you know, everything, the suit, like he, he looks good. Uh, I just, for me, the Joker, Jack's the first man I think of. I agree. And like you said, Ledger's performance was great. Uh, it takes it takes the Dark Knight from being a great film to an iconic film, in my opinion, uh, just based on his performance. But you're right. If you're put, looking for a one, which interpretation kind of brings all of these elements together, whether it's comic, uh, comic book, uh, whether you want to, even elements from the 66 show, because he is a little funny and stuff. It, mm-hmm. It's completely there in this one performance. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> right. Like you have those crazy mm-hmm. psychotic moments that we know the character to be. And that, that, that to me is also why I agree with you. He is, when I think of the Joker, He's the first one that comes to my yeah. to mind, um, especially in live action. So it's crazy uh, to think about it too. That in that regard, because he's literally it's been so long now. We've had all the, we've had two other great interpretations and Jared uh, Leto and Jared Leto, which <laughs> I particularly like. But in Suicide Squad, not in yes. the yes. propaganda I- machine. <laughs> I particularly like it. Uh, I know not everybody does, and I get it. That's fine. 
Uh, and then obviously, um, Key Hogan's little bit that he did. And, and then whatever they tried to do on Fox. <laughs> whatever that was. And you know what, Pete? I didn't even put them in my mind. Whatever that disgraceful much. thing was. Oh, God. Yeah. That stain on the legacy. I know. Man. Oh, my God. That, but as you said, that stain that brought me and you together. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's funny that a show that it's you just completely despise and I just don't like. Something uh, so horrible. Yeah. But that's what happened. Something right? that got me personally offended. <laughs> if you know, you know. I love bringing up Gotham on this show just to really bother you. It's like but... it's like what pisses you off? Uh <laughs> Gotham and Rob Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Gotham yeah, you, you pretty Manfred. much let a lot of other things go, but you bring up those two things and uh, yeah. we could get you going. So, oh, God. so at the end of the day, idiot. let's yeah. <laughs> the end of the day, let's all wish Jack Nicholson a happy 85th birthday. I think that's that's the moral of the story here. And thank you so much for giving us all your fantastic work that you've given in your life. Because I know um, he listens to our show. He'll hear this. So, Jack, smart well, thinking. Well, yes. And just for the people who do love Jack like we do. That's all. Everyone loves Jack. Who doesn't? Honestly, who doesn't love Jack? It's true. There's very few people in my life that I've talked to who said, oh, I can't stand that guy. He's a terrible actor. Or, you know, like, my, I think my favorite Nicholson moment isn't even from a movie. It's actually... Um, it's from a Lakers game. It's watching Jack <laughs> with binoculars, <laughs> like st- gawking at the Laker girls. Like, dude, what are you t- like? Dude, full he's no, even full no you, f's given. Just sitting there courtside with binoculars. Like, Jesus, have you, Jack. <laughs> have you been watching uh, Winning Time? Have you seen any of Winning Time? The show about the I Lakers. I haven't watched it, but every member of the Lakers hates it. He's, they actually, he's actually in it. Nickel, they, well, the character, someone playing him is in it. They did a good uh, job of casting. Everyone looks great. Yeah, it's a fan. The guy I, who they cast as Bird is like scary good. Yeah, and it's weird because if you, they took a picture of him, the guy who plays him, the guy who plays Norm Nixon, the guy who plays Magic, and the guy who plays Kareem together, and they're all not. They're all short, right? They're all not the actual size of all these people, but on the show, they do a good job making them look their their actual height. So yeah, so standing on a lot of soapboxes. Yeah, definitely, definitely do. But if you haven't started watching it yet, you should. It's a very, it's a very, very good. It's a good show, but it's definitely Hollywood. Like it's this is. I've heard Magic denounce it. I've heard Kareem denounce it. And I've heard Jerry West denounce it. Yo, they, Jerry West has a very, very good reason to want to denounce it. I think Jerry West might take legal action. I've read some articles. He, he did. Is, okay, he, did. he has. All right. Yeah, he's going to, they, he, look, I'm just going to say this because I didn't want to talk about this, but we will. I, they disclaim it in the show. They have artistic license. I know it's called Jerry, he, the character's called Jerry West, but I mean, I don't see how he's going to win something like this. That's all I'm going to say. It's it's very it's kind of like a very exaggerated take on all of these characters. Like they're over the top with how just rude and kind of a, an asshole Kareem was, and even Larry Bird too. Like it's way over the top. Well, about, I believe that about Bird. I don't know if I ever. I, I never heard Kareem of being rude. Well, you should, if you watch the show, and they really make the first um, Paul Westhead, who was the the. Mm-hmm. Head coach, obviously, of their first Magic's first title, uh, they even make him look like a total wimp, like a hundred percent a wimp. And it's like I said, these takes are very exaggerated. 
it's based off a book that apparently um, their first hand accounts. So these people will stand by their story and say, yes, these are how these people actually were. But it's a very exaggerated. I mean, I don't know them. So I don't either. But uh, yeah, I just the. I wanted to bring it up because they actually do have someone playing Jack Nicholson sitting that's on the funny. sidelines watching the game. So that's Magic's doing fine. He owns part of the Dodgers. I think he's doing all right. Yeah, Magic. <laughs> he's not Magic, hurting. <laughs> not at all. Magic's made some excellent business decisions in his life, and he is he's fine. He's he's okay. All right. So we're gonna jump into now. We're gonna call this the Eric stuff portion of the program. Here we go. <laughs> Flashlights and green puppets. <laughs> yes. But first, let's start off with a little bit of fun news because I don't know, Pete, I don't know if you um, you play the Star Wars video games, but if you don't, you should because they're very, very good. The last one I played, I believe, was Rogue Squadron and I loved it. Yeah, right. That was years uh, ago, then, decades probably. The most recent one is Jedi Fallen Order, which is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have a little bit of bias against it, though, because the guy who plays Jerome and Jeremiah voices the main character. <laughs> In the video game. I, so, I enjoyed him as Superboy in the reign of the Superman. So, that's true. You know, as yeah. long as he's not the Joker, he's fine with me. Well, we're getting a brand new Star Wars game. Uh, really? Original, not tied to anything else. Uh, Skydance New Media and Lucasfilm have teamed, teamed up and they will be developing a brand new Star Wars game. Um, it's really, Do we really... know what it's about? Is it is it a first person? Is it a shooter? Is it a is it a vehicle game? Like, what are we doing here? Do we have any information? It's just that's just it. Just video game. That's it. It's just a video game. Um, if I get to fly some spaceships, there's a good chance I buy this. Uh, you know, like that's that's kind of like if if you're going to get me to get a Star Wars game, I want to you know, I want to. Fl- that, that's what's so cool about like Rogue Squadron back in the day was I could fly as the Millennium Falcon. I can do X Wing. I like the A Wing because it's really fast. Um, so if I can get my hands on a, on a vehicle, um, I might, I might check it out. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm in whatever they do. Although it's weird. I didn't love the battlefront, um, games that came out recently. I wasn't a huge fan of either. For, the second one was better, but I didn't love it. Is that like call of duty version of star Wars? Yes, okay. it is. You do get to be, but like you get to be Luke. So you have a lightsaber, like you have different kinds of okay. uh, characters who, who wield their weapons in the, in the game, but it's more of a shooter type game, which I'm not a huge fan of anyway. So I think outside of Halo, which I've only played a handful of times, oh, I, I don't, I don't Trey Jackson back. At all. <laughs> I know, right? Trey was a huge fan, but uh, yeah, so we're getting another uh, Star Wars game and you brought up the, it being more of like when you have ships and stuff, it brought up when we were in, it came to mind when we were in Dallas, we went to the video game museum and I played the original Star Wars game when we were there, which on what was, console? what did you play it on? No, no, it was one of the arcade when we were in there. Oh, okay, the okay, okay, cool. Yeah, the original one, it, it was, and it was based off of A New Hope when Luke destroys the Death Star. Like, that's the whole purpose of that game. So oh, it was a really? lot of fun. Yeah, so again, I, I agree with see you. that. I don't remember that. Uh, it was, you were playing one, it's weird because you were playing one of the games right near it. <laughs> I was playing like, I was playing Rampage and right, Punch Out and stuff. Rampage. Yeah, so I, it was right near where Rampage was. Mm. And, but yeah, so it just came, but that's the kind of game I like too. I either want a, a, story driven game where you ha- you can actually play the character or some kind of ship uh experience where you're f- driving or flying or whatever. I would love dude I would love nothing more than to just like do like a Star Fox-esque Star Wars game. That would be fun to me. Just you know planes, space, st- stuff like that. That that that's what I like. Yeah, that would be fun. 
So, of course, the most recent game that just came out is the Lego um, Skywalker Saga, which I haven't gotten yet. I'm going to have to ask my nephew about it. He Dude, gets all you're going to have to invest some serious time because I'm still trying to beat Lego Batman 3. <laughs> <laughs> like, that game yeah. takes a lot of time. And don't get me wrong, I love every minute of it. It's definitely like the great escape of video games. Like, just sit back, sit back and just enjoy just a couple you know hours of nonsense. It, 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 you know, it's just simple fun. Oh, of course. Those games are, all, are always yeah. fun and silly. Lego Jurassic but, World 2. I love that game. That's another one. All right. And they have the Star Wars game expands all nine films. So they have 340 different characters you can be. Wow. Uh, so I'm very, I definitely want to check it out. At least, like I said, my nephew, he's he's 11. He he gets all the Lego games. So I'm sure I'll ask him. About what is he, Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. Good, good boy. Good boy. He has Xbox. Yeah. So. All right, so we have a bunch of nostalgia coming back when Obi-Wan comes out at the end of May. And one character a lot of people have asked about in the past, and Pete, this is actually, I think, from your favorite Star Wars film. Uh, Liam Neeson played Qui-Gon Jinn in The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. And so people with all the nostalgia coming back, people were kind of asking like, oh, would you ever come back to be on The Mandalorian or uh, any other kind? He's like, well, if it was a movie, he would come back. But he says he's he's a snob when it comes to television. <laughs> Take that streaming service. Yeah. So he doesn't, he doesn't really want to uh, come back. if it's not in a film and I, we did get his voice in the rise of Skywalker. Uh, so there was a little bit there. You heard, I don't know. Yeah. If, yeah he was there. He was there. Yeah. Good call. Right. So I don't know uh, what that means for the future, but what did you think when you heard him say that? I, I kind of laughed. I, I chuckled. I was like, good for you, man. Flex your muscle. Get that paycheck. My man <laughs> wants to make movies. He wants to make real money. You know? Right. He's a movie star, not a streaming star. He's Liam Neeson. Uh, I, sure. Cool. Whatever. I mean, that's his, hey, look, he, uh, he's a professional actor. He takes the jobs he wants. You know, obviously he's not Nick Cage. He's not going to take anything that comes his way. <laughs> so uh, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of glad there are some people like that who are just like, no, I'm uh it's old school. I'm a movie star, you know? Right. So yeah, cool. I, I agree. And I mean, his character had, obviously his character gets killed. I'm not sorry if you've never seen the Phantom Menace. But... If I've seen it, I think everyone's seen it. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but the movie did come out, what, 20 something years ago. I still think the movie's uh, badass. I don't know what so, you Star Wars. I love, it has, about. Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars history. And that's where he was introduced. So the one character that I needs to come back, Sebulba. I want Sebulba. <laughs> well, he didn't die. So yeah. I know if, if Disney plus wants me to watch some Star Wars stuff, I want a oh. Sebulba show. That would be fantastic. I'm just thinking like about a, it now. Give me a Christmas episode. <laughs> that would be so fantastic. Oh, Sebulba. Oh, I love Sebulba. Well, hey, he's he's on. Um, and he's only in like what the first like twenty minutes of the movie. No, he's in. He's he's in about. He probably has about twenty minutes complete screen time. Mm. But uh, no, it'd be awesome. You're right. That would be a funny character to do. Like if they ever wanted to do like a funny kind of comedy type thing. I think he would be great. Zaboba. Uh, He's great. The Zaboba, yeah. The Zaboba Tales. They could have put him in Boba Fett or um what's it called? He could have been working there as a merchant just selling hawk and they stuff. They could have had him. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's great though. <laughs> Zaboba. Awesome. I love it. Very, very good call. I, I would watch the Zaboba show. Yep. So. Take that Rick Shoe. <laughs> Name dropping Zaboba on my show. I know you're not listening. <laughs> 
Well, now to the to the Eric stuff that I'm not I don't care about as much. Uh, as we know, Hayden Christensen is coming back to play <laughs> Darth Vader in not only Obi Wan but also in the Ahsoka series that's coming out. And I will say this: it was nice to read that he's that Hayden Christensen is at least doing the work, as he is said to have watched all of the the animation, all the other shows, to kind of get himself back into. Uh, the character and to understand the world in which they're in now he did he said it was interesting they did a lot with these characters in these shows and they did further explore the relationship there was interesting stuff there to learn about it was fun getting to go back and reimmerse yourself in this world that just continues to grow and become more and more vast so there you have it folks if you guys are looking forward to this return i just wish they would have cast someone else but if you are looking forward to this return uh there you have it. He's what, coming. Does back he and need he's done to watch like everything after Jedi? Like, isn't he dead? Well, no. Well, these timeline wise, I'm just curious. Well, those shows kind of focus on the time. Per- they focus on the time period between um, episode three and episode four. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. So, so that's like he's, the, his height. He's Darth okay. Vadering at this point. Like he's he's now Darth Vader. So. That's why it's important for him to watch because, yeah, that's considered canon. And there's a lot of information in there that he can look and watch to learn about the characters that that can impact his quote unquote performance. (laughs) Is James Earl Jones voicing Darth Vader? I don't know. That's not been mentioned at all. I haven't heard at all that that he is. Uh, Is he in good health? Well, I've heard people say that his voice isn't as strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. I I w- obviously I'd love it if he was because he's the man when it comes to the voice. Right. But they've had other guys do it uh, for show for the animated shows and has it been any they, good? Yeah, it's good. Okay, it's good. So you know, it would be fine if they did get somebody else. But I do hope that James Earl Jones is part of. I mean, could you think they can get like Frank Caliendo to just do an impersonation <laughs> of James Earl Jones? <laughs> I haven't heard that, that guy's name in a while. They'll do that for the Zabulba show. How about that? Zabulba versus Vader. <laughs> Zabulba wins. That would be his, that would be great. Oh, I love that you put that out there to the universe. So that's in my head now. It's there. See, people say I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> I like good Star Wars, Episode oh. One. Oh boy, yeah, you'd get a, you'd get a lot of you get a lot of fight. Uh, with, <laughs> if you were in Star Wars fandom, like I am, Pete, you 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 would totally understand when I tell you that Star Wars fandom is. 20 times worse than anything you've dealt with in the uh, other, look, other world. Look, I love dealing with zaddies, and they take up most of my time, so <laughs> that's where I'd like to put my focus. He's not lying, folks. I will say that. Pete is not lying when he says that. I try to bring my Uxesian levity toward the zaddyverse. <laughs> yes. By by loving Uxus, you do. You love. I'm Uxus, trying to though. bridge the gap. You are. I am. He- you can just, both you, you can love Nolan, BVS, and the Batman, like I do, and live a wonderful life. Yeah, you are I mean, the vessel. That I we am need. the vessel. I mean, you are within arm's length. I have the Batman action figures, Dark Side <laughs> on the throne, and Snyder's Batmobile, all within arm's range. There you I, go. I mean, we can love this all, right? Yes. Pete just, is the yin and the yang. He's, I am the wing wang. <laughs> He he's the amalgamation of everybody. I am. There you go. And that is Uxesian <laughs> euphoria. <sighs> oh, 
definitely got we the gotta utopia get that, that is apocalypse right i totally agree that is oh, it's perfect uxesian i am even getting Uxesian. eric to say uxesian like eric has said like uxis like six times this episode that's a record i think Take it that, is Garrett grev to be vegan honest. <laughs> i just think it's a great word that's, there you go you have totally totally entered brought a word into our vernacular that we will continue to use now going forward yeah it's perfect I, you know i think it's i'm just trying to bring everybody together i agree and you're doing a fabulous job by the way i i'm doing the best that i can i must let you know all right so let's move on well, and kind of go back a little. So we're moving on to a new topic, but we're going to continue talking about Nick Cage in a way. Uh, as I mentioned, Pedro Pascal is also in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. He plays kind of, he plays the antagonist. I'll just put it out there. He plays the antagonist in this movie. And um, they were asking him about that relationship with Nick Cage. And he said that he had he's had it forever. Uh, he said that he got table cable he got cable television in his house when he was young. He watched Valley Girl, Birdie, Racing with the Moon, Rumblefish, uh, and then he when he was starting to go to the movies, he saw Peggy Sue got married and Raising Arizona, Vampires Kiss, Moonstruck, Wild at Heart, and obviously these are all Nicholas Cage films. And then of course his most probably his most famous role is Leaving Las Vegas, which I believe he got nominated for Academy Award for. You wouldn't um, say it's Conair, <laughs> dude. It. I'm just going to say the movie. That's a serious question. This movie opens with Conair. That's all I'm going to tell you about the movie <laughs> when it opens with Conair. But um, no, I mean, I like that movie. I do like Conair. Malkovich is in it. So any Malkovich. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. And, but any, I'm a big Malkovich guy. So anytime. Isn't Debo in it too? Yes. Debo is in it. Yes. He is. Uh, so Pedro Pascal obviously has a deep affinity for for Nicolas Cage. And like I said before, you can see it even though it's acting and he's supposed to be playing a guy like that. Like you could tell there's just a reverence there mm-hmm. in the movie. And apparently Pedro Pascal channeled Nick Cage when he played Max Lord in Wonder Woman 84. Uh, there's If you ever saw Vampire's Kiss, Cage is kind of this crazy bonkers guy, an egomaniac. Very similar to what we learn about Max Lord in Wonder Woman 84. And Pascal said he remembers shooting a scene in 84. And in the instant, he was like, what kind of energy do I need here? And he, I remembered Nick Cage before I ever met him, before the thought of ever making massive talent existed. I remembered him jumping on a desk in Vampire's Kiss, kind of torturing Maria Conchita Alonso. And I remember that scene and his energy and obviously not deciding to do that, but just wanting a fraction of that kind of chaotic energy to make the scene that we're shooting that day work. And it's weird because that scene from um, that scene from Vampire's Kiss is is probably the most popular Nick Cage meme you see where it's kind of like losing it's all crazy and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's just really interesting to read that and um, to see that this project came together and how it came together. And uh, what did you think when you read the piece? I've never seen this vampire's kiss movie. Cause like I said earlier, I don't like Nick cage. I did watch a couple clips on YouTube before we did the show. And I was like, Oh wow, I can see this. 
Right. You know, you could see it when he's when he's kind of like <laughs> I, I originally was like, oh, this is kind of Oprah. You get a wish and you get a wish. And you get... But like as after seeing these clips of Nick Cage and Vampire's Kiss, I'm like, oh, wow. OK, like I get it. I I, I got it, Eric. I got it. <laughs> I understood it. I got the reference. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I dig stuff like that. And even as someone who's not a fan of Nick Cage, I just appreciate actors using other actors as references. It just. You know, it, it's it's a cool way to go about your craft and being influenced by somebody. Um, you know, we mentioned earlier on the show, you know, uh, Jeffrey Wright being influenced by Mayor Adams. Um, that's a real world influence. And you now here, Pascal takes sort of a Hollywood re- uh, influence. So I thought it was very interesting. And I, 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 I just like I think it's so cool. Like I'm not an actor. So when I hear these guys talk about their craft and how they go about their business, it really fascinates me. And I like it when they when they kind of let us in and explore, you know, let us explore you know, what makes them tick. Not like a Jared Leto, I'm going to mail you a dead rat way, but you know, in this, in this cool kind of way. Uh, so like, I was very intrigued. Yeah. It's, it is cool. You're right. When you see uh, where actors pull their influences from and where they actually get their inspiration from for certain characters that they play. And it's weird. I never thought of that when he, um, when I watched it, obviously I didn't think of going to vampires because it's not my Nicolas Cage movie that pops into my head immediately. But when I, re- as soon as I read the title to the story, like during the week I saw it, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I don't like the Max Lord character in Wonder Woman 84. It's probably, I think it's the weakest part of the film, but I at least got a, I have a frame of reference now as to why he did what he did. And it, it makes a little bit more sense. I'm curious as if you will watch the movie now knowing this about Pascal and Cage and the influence, and will it change your perception of the character? Just out of curiosity, and the next time you watch it, just you know, I'd be very interested to hear that. Maybe coming from someone who actually enjoyed the movie, one of the very few people who actually thinks Wonder Woman eighty four is an entertaining and good film. Um, I'd be interested to see if it sways you at all as someone who just didn't think of it as highly as I did. Yeah, I mean that I like the movie for the most part. It's just really his performance and that character that kind of didn't didn't resonate with me but for the most part i enjoy the movie i i understand why people don't but i mean i i grew up in the 80s i was a kid in the 80s so all the the mall references and all that stuff that was fun for me i love all Mm, that mm. so that was great so guys again if you haven't seen um the unbearable weight of massive talent i think you definitely should it's it's a really really good movie i'm Uh, far behind man i still haven't seen sonic 2 i still have to go see morbius I haven't seen Sonic 2 either. And I want to support that movie because I, I, I hear great things about it and I want to help, you know, video game films out, you know, just, right. you know, I, still, I know. Have you seen Morbius? Yes, I saw Morbius. Okay. I'll have to see it. I have to. I got to yeah. find out what this post credit scene is about. It's been the easiest movie to dodge spoilers. No one <laughs> even wants to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Have, it's funny because, you know me, I didn't have issues dodging spoilers for the Batman or No Way Home. But it's been like completely effortless to try to dodge spoilers for Morbius. Again, I think, and this is just totally me. I have no insight on this. I think a couple of things with Morbius. I think the Sony thing, a lot of people have built into their head that it's not going to be good just immediately because Sony's making it. Um, And then um, Jared Leto is a controversial figure. I, I, I like his work. Not everyone loves his work. 
So when he's casting something, I think the people who don't like him just for not liking him won't even attempt to go see the, the film because it's not as bad a movie as it's being made out to be. I've heard a few people say it's better than Carnage. I liked it better than Carnage. Okay, which I probably did. means I will too then, to be honest with you. Because Carnage, so, I was like, eh. It's a more... I don't know. It, it's To me, it's just a more contained story than Carnage is. Carnage is kind of all over the place at points. This this is just kind of... It's more contained. It's more linear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my opinion. But yeah, I, again, I understand why people don't like that film. Uh, but I do think that going into it, it was doomed no matter what. So that's just me. Well, you know me. I am not anti Sony. Uh, I know. I, I am in. I'm, in fact, I'm begging Sony to make a Spider Man movie. I may be one of the few. I don't care who it is at this point. Pick one of the three of them and just make the damn film. <laughs> I don't care what universe. I don't care who's involved. Just make me a, a, a true blue solo Spider-Man film. Well, I think you're in, I wouldn't hold my breath on that happening anytime soon, but you never know. I'm, you, you know, know, I may go on a hunger strike. That's oh. not happening. I'm gonna Unless you can get a lot of people to do it and hashtag campaign it. That's not going to do much, much of a. You are you're doubting my Uxesian brothers and sisters, my friend. When you are yes. one with Uxis, you are one with the rest of us. But you need a campaign, a hashtag campaign to spread the news. Start spreading the news. There you go. Uxis is on his way. <laughs> well, I want to spread a little bit of news because as you guys know, as, because Pete and I talk everything on this show. We know baseball is back. So, and I'm sliding into home plate this spring with my freshly shaved balls. Wait, what? You heard that right. My balls are even smoother than Trey Turner's slide after partnership with Manscaped. The global leaders in below the waist grooming are helping men take care of their baseballs because chicks don't only dig the long ball, but also clean balls. Join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code Gotham. So, Pete, have you been keeping your balls clean this baseball season? I just trimmed up yesterday, bro. (laughs) I'm ready to go. The infield is cut, and I am ready. There are going to be no slow grounders here. I'm telling you right now. The ball is going to go, and it's going to go fast. There you go. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I I gave myself a little biz biz uh, last night, and uh, I'm good to go. I I use, as everyone knows, my favorite product of all time is the toner. I love putting that stuff on my balls. It's awesome. It's great. Um, And uh, I've been really, I've been using the hell out of the deodorant. I love the deodorant. It's got such a great scent, such a masculine scent. I, I walk out of there and I just, I walk out of the bathroom and instantly I just want like a cognac and a cigar. So, <laughs> do I mean, you? I it's weird. Ever since I've gotten these products, like if I'm out and, a, and someone passes me and I they, I smell that smell, I'm like they're wearing manscaped. I don't go around smelling people. That's not really my thing. I, I don't personally smell them, you're but little, if they walk little, by, little sniff you, sniff, you get like a wafting as you walk by, and you're like you waft, oh, yeah. huh? You wafter. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe it's all the years of taking the subway and the homeless people around that I don't go around wafting the sense of uh, those around me. But I don't. Oh God! Anyway, I knew I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, do you go around smelling people's balls? 
I'm asking you. You said you go around, they smell like manscaped. Do you smell malt odor on people? Well, Pete, they have, I was going to act, this is actually a good segue because I wanted to ask you. Because the lip balm can come in very handy. I do, I'm a big fan of the manscaped lip balm. Right, but they got the lip balm and in the new products that they sent you, you also got the body wash and the shampoo. So Same great been, scent, I love it. That's what I mean. So scrub a dub dub. If someone uses those, and they even have a body spray. So if someone walks by, you're going to get that So scent. you went like the gym just showering with people and you're just smelling them? No, it's just Eric, random. you put yourself in a lot of awkward situations. It's random. It's just a random, random people thing. You're in the shower Walking with. the streets. You shower with random people. Well, if you go to a gym, you usually do shower with random people. There you go. See, you go. admitting it's your first step. I get that. <laughs> All right, guys. So to start it off, the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is getting hyped as the Mike Trout of trimmers. And after using it, my confidence level is sky high. In and out quickly to get the job done in just a few minutes. Something that Rob Manfred can't say about anything. <laughs> that is great. I love that. Uh, I love Pete, Manscaped. I said to, I I showed you yesterday because April is the beginning of the baseball season and it's mm-hmm. testicular cancer awareness yes. month. They have a purple. Lawnmower. I thought that was great. I really, right. I thought it was cool. It, it's, uh, it's got this. It, it almost looks like it's got some neon around it. So yeah. you know. So yeah, guys. So I, now I wish that this, was the one I had. I know. I'm not going to complain. I, I, you know, I love my 4.0. It's great. It keeps me, uh, you know, tip top shape. I agree. So guys, as I mentioned, um, uh, April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, and Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men 15 to 35 and giving support for fighter survivors and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Shave Balls initiative. And as in, in connection with that, as I said, they actually have the Lawnmower 4.0 now with the purple uh, coloring because that's the color for Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And it actually, I believe it even says We Shave Balls on the bottom of it, if I read, saw the picture correctly. I don't know. I have to double check on that. So uh, I actually have a funny story, though, that talking about Manscaped. I went the other day to get pizza. And, and you smelled wearing, someone. No, that's not the funny story. Uh, I was wearing my T-shirt. Okay. And I come outside. And there was this group of girls out there or whatever. And they see the, the my shirt. And the girl just starts hysterically laughing. And I'm like, what the hell? And she goes, oh, my God. That guy's shirt says your balls will thank you. And she just started like. All the girls started laughing, and I'm sitting there like, I never thought I would be, this would bring me that kind of attention. Did you get a phone number? But No, they were young. They were oh, they were younger girls. But okay. I thought you were like MILF City. <laughs> it was just funny to uh, to uh, actually have that kind of a story, because since I've been wearing the shirt, that hasn't happened. Uh, but anyway. So remember, guys, trim your bat and balls with Manscaped to get into the MVP discussion this season. Of course, that's the most valuable player. With the code Gotham for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Gotham at Manscaped.com. And yeah, if you guys are using Manscaped and you want to like give us, tell us what you, how it is and how Yeah, it's what products you. you buy, what you're using it for. Obviously, we know where you're using it, but right. anybody who makes fun of Rob Manfred, it's good in my book. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we got him in a couple of times in this in this show. All right. So it's something that's also, I guess you'd probably say is Eric's stuff, but not as much as the others is. I, of course, when we heard this movie was in development, I was super excited because I'm a huge fan of the of the IP. Of course, I'm talking about Voltron. We had reported a couple months that Red Notice filmmaker Ross and Marshall Thurber uh, was hired to direct and now it actually has a home amazon 
will be will be the service that is going to produce and provide the Voltron live action movie. So, Pete, I know you didn't grow up on Voltron like I did. Uh, so what do you think if Amazon has a home and will you I'm really it? excited about this because I don't really know too much about Voltron, but it's something I want to dive into. You know, it's like, I, it's, it's just really cool. I like the Lions aspect. Like I like, I like mechs. So like, you know, Pacific Rim, Power Rangers, stuff like right. that stuff's really cool to me. Um, I'm dying to see what this looks like. I hope these, uh, these, uh, th- this, I hope Voltron looks a lot better than the Megazord did in the Power Rangers reboot. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I did not like the way those uh, those Zords and Megazord look. So that was a, that was the only negative I had about that movie. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to see what uh, the lions look like and what Voltron actually looks like and where they go with the story. Because Voltron's something that like I you know like really always wanted to get into, but just never had the access or had the ability to. It just it's it was just never really around. Uh, yeah. during my childhood to get into it um you know and it's probably the 180s thing that i wasn't into that i like you know like i could care less about he-man you know but like voltron is something i'm like please like do something so i get interested in like i'm begging you guys do something so i can invest some time into this so i i would not mind collecting some voltron figures and stuff like that either yeah it's i mean it's a little it is a little past your your time a little sorry a little before your time uh, when from when you would be interested in something like this because it was more of a mid to late 80s type thing and yeah, you were born 86 you were, right you were a little boy so or a little not even a little boy you were a toddler yeah. uh so yeah it was not something you'd be interested they have had other things come out of it like they like i, I think i mentioned when we first talked about the story they had a show called they still have a show called legendary defender which is on netflix mm-hmm. um, i believe it's eight seasons worth of new voltron animated stories okay um, okay kind of shot in the anime style that it actually comes from. Uh, so they do make a few changes to some of the characters on that show. I didn't love it. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's just kind of there. But I have been dying for a live action Voltron movie since I think what since the first Transformers movie was announced, uh, the Michael Bay Transformers movie. I said, oh, good. Mm-hmm. Now maybe I'll get Voltron. And that I think came out in 2007 and it's 2022. So, so the fact that we're finally getting one, I've always been excited. I'm that's finally happy now that it actually has a home because that means, and and that, and I'm happy that it's Amazon. Let's be honest. We know they have the money. So um, Amazon's been doing good stuff to be honest with you. They've been doing some pretty good stuff. I haven't watched Red Notice yet, which is the Netflix film that um, Ross and Marshall Thurber directed. That's with Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot and, and The Rock. But I've heard such great things about it. I still want to watch it. And apparently it is the highest, um, I think the most expensive or the best rated Netflix movie, original movie of all time. Um, oh, it's not Army of the Dead? <laughs> uh, no, sadly. Or maybe not sadly. It is not Army of the Dead. But So if all the Voltron fans out there like me, we have a net, we have a home for our movie. I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens going. Yeah, I can't forward. wait. All right, sticking with Amazon in the Amazon world, I know this was a kind of a, a sleeper hit for me, but I love the the show, and I can't wait for the season two to actually come out. But Invincible season two has started voice recording. Um, Stephen Yun, who is the the main character on the show, um, Mark Grayson. He has he posted a picture on his Instagram or or, or maybe primed it itself of him hitting the recording booth to t- start recording his lines for the show. So 
there was a little bit of a um, last month they started talking to the creator and director of the show and he said that um because people kind of wondering what's going on and he says we're working hard on it the one thing i tell people is we've been working hard on it for a longer period than they think a lot of people assume we've just got started on it and that's not true we've been working on it for a while now but it's a big show to do it properly it takes time we're still in the pandemic we're hopefully coming out of that but that makes things a little slower too everyone is working very hard hard on it i think you're going to be very happy with it i hope so we may we want to make it as badly as everyone wants to see it we're deep in i wish it was already done and i wish it was finished but it's just not um that sounds kind of like a jumbled answer because it was even hard for me to read but um hey they're back in the studio they're recording what did you think of invincible man did that show really just catch me by surprise right uh, i loved it uh the cast was amazing uh you know, J.K. Simmons, uh, what's Stephen? What's his, how do you pronounce his last Steven name? Young. Young. Stephen Young. Stephen Young. Oh man, like loved him in Walking Dead. So like, yep. when I found out it was him, I was like, wow, this is great. And uh, I've been trying to track down Invincible comics, but they're kind of hard to find. Um, and it's just really just a really interesting show about a, a young superhero and it, it, you know, seeing the turn on his father and stuff like that it was a fascinating stuff. Um, you know, it really caught me off by surprise the first episode when they basically kind of did the Transformer style and killed everybody off. Yeah. Not knowing the source material. I don't know if that's actually what happened in the books, but can't wait for it. Really excited. Probably like one of the best superhero uh, animated shows ever made easily. Um, such a great cast. I mean, it just really, like, it's tough to even like, it's unlike anything animated I think I've ever really felt like it was just so, it was emotional and like you could be relatable and just, I was like, wow, like you guys really just aced this. So really pleased with season one, excited for season two. I'm glad they're taking their time to do it right. I always enjoy stuff like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not someone who gets uh, upset about release dates or anything like that. As long as things aren't canceled, uh, nothing bothers me. I, I, you know, take your time, uh, do things the right way and uh, I'll be there to sit there and watch. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching this just on a whim because I, you know, it's a it's a Kirkman comic book. And obviously, Same. as we as we know, Kirkman did The Walking Dead as well. So I saw that. And I'm like, oh, you know, let me give it a shot. And yeah, I was blown away. I I'd never read any of the source material. So this was all new to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. Like, it was fantastic. Uh, it blends so many things together. Well, it's serious. It's funny. It's got the superhero element. It's just such a very well put together show. Uh, like you said, the voice cast is fantastic. Sandra Oh is his mother. J.K. Simmons yes, is his father. Um, Zazie Beetz is in. Jillian Jacobs, Zachary Kinto, Walton Goggins, Seth Rogen, Mahershala Ali. I mean, all of these big name people who we know from live action stuff are in this, are voicing this show, uh, which should have been my first sign that, hey, this is probably <laughs> probably a pretty good thing that, that I'm going to enjoy. But yeah, it's been fantastic. And I'm so happy that it's 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 coming I've kind of been waiting for it. I, this is one of the things I've kept watching. Like, when are we doing? When is it coming? When are we? When is it going to start producing? And I was so great to read and get this news that it actually is recorded. The voice recording has begun. So there you go, folks. All Invincible fans, it is coming. Uh, and we also know that it was renewed for two seasons. It was season two and three. So even better, right? So we know we're getting two more seasons of this. This bring it show. on. Yes. So. Our final story today is we're going to hop back into the video game world. And Pete, you mentioned Call of Duty before. And every, I think that is the one shooter game that most people I know love uh, outside of Halo, like I said before. But this is Call of Duty, of course, spans all consoles. So 
you can play it on anyone. Halo is restricted only to uh, Xbox. And Call of Duty Operation Monarch will apparently pit Godzilla against King Kong. Yes. Uh. Yes. <laughs> Just yes. Oh my God. Yes. I right? can't wait. Like, I, I don't know. care. Just give it to me. I don't care if they're fighting in the background as I'm like exploring a map and trying to avoid getting shot by a sniper. I don't care what the premise is. Just give it to me. I'm I'm so excited for this. So excited. I cannot wait for this. I am just this is like my most highly anticipated video game in so long. I haven't even bought the last Call of Duty yet. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pre-order this as soon as this is out there. I cannot wait to get my hands on this. Yeah, this I mean I'm even interested. Like I said, I don't play shooters, but this this adding them to it, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm a little interested now. I might want to see it. Um, it does say that he's gonna Godzilla at least will impact gameplay. So you're gonna get him. Like, he probably will step on you. I don't care. Just <laughs> just bring it along. Like, can you imagine getting like uh you know the Godzilla bre- you're you're on top of a building, you're ready to shoot your guy, you're you got your sniper rifle out, then Godzilla just you know lays on his atomic breath and blows up your building like that's just i don't yes give it to me i can't wait this is the greatest idea in the history of video games uh i would love it i mean they probably won't do this but i wonder if they they would have like a kind of like a siege of new york thing where king Kong king Kong could be climbing up the empire state building or something like that that would be fun you know because it's such an iconic story for king Kong. Uh, it'd be cool if they had something like that involved but yeah i mean anytime you add these weird elements to a game like this i think it always adds a little bit more fun to it and obviously godzilla and king kong are two of the most famous monsters or kaiju whatever you want to call them uh that we've ever gotten so this is going to be a lot of uh a lot of fun a lot of fun and again i'm not a shooter fan but this might make me buy it this this might be something that makes me buy yeah, this i'm game. totally gonna invest in this this is so I, exciting if you ask me yeah this this should be a lot of fun i'm <laughs> Call of Duty Operation Monarch. When does it? Do we have a release date on this? May eleventh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is it? Does it? Does the article say it was DLC no, no. or is it a game? Uh it's got to be DLC. I might have to buy the new game just to get it, which is fine. Like I don't care. Like I'm just whatever I have to do to get my hands on this will be done. Like that's it. Yeah, it just says, Farling rumors and leaks that Godzilla will be appearing in Call of Duty. Activision has released a brand new trailer featuring not just the King of Monsters, but King Kong as well. Uh, the new event, which is slated for Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone, will be kicking off May 11th. Okay, so above. it's like it's an event. So I got to buy Vanguard. I'm, I'll go to Target right now and buy it. I don't yeah. care. So there you go. So yeah, this, this should be awesome. This should be really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, if I don't, I'm going to tell my nephew to download it and I'll go play. <laughs> I'll play, play. You're just gonna you'll, you'll rent it. I'll tell him. I'll rent tell it my from sister. His house. <laughs> I'll just tell my sister that I'll pay for it if she doesn't want it, and then then he could keep it because I won't play it enough to to buy it myself. But he definitely will. My nephew loves video games as as most kids that age do. So, all right, now it's time. It's the sad part of the story because it's over. It's, the story's over for this week. Well, it's not that sad. I'm gonna go get lunch. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited. We've been here for like an hour and a half. I'm like, he's still going. I'm starving. I'm a little hungry too, to be honest. What are you getting? What are you thinking? I don't know. I don't know. Feels like a good pizza day. I yeah. Well, for me at least. There's a there's a pizza place not far from me. It's called Phil's Two, where they have these kind of weird kind of pies. Like they have a um 
like a fried calamari pie and yes uh, um grilled cheese and tomato soup and all these Ooh. weird kinds of of pizza um blah, 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 all these weird kinds of toppings on pizza so i'm going to probably that maybe go delicious. there because it I sounds like, like a very very good spot but you just put that in my head so it is weird that like you post yesterday you tweeted the picture of from um, carton and roberts where they ordered the pizza mm-hmm and I wasn't even thinking about pizza at that point. You post that. I'm like, now I want pizza. Like, that's the yeah. one food. And that that's pe- good pizza. That's Prince Street pizza. Yeah, that's Prince some of the best pizza excellent. in the city. I know. All right. Rick, she wouldn't like it, but it's okay. I know. Oh. I might be in the mood for a chicken cutlet sandwich. I might See be you guys. I might go letting, to Joe's, get a chicken cutlet. We're letting them behind the curtain again to food. So. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sure right, you know, we're going to eat good now. You can thank Let them later. know where to find you. If you're interested in me and all my excuse, ex, ex, excuse, <laughs> and exploits, yes. little tongue twister today. I can't talk. I've been, sorry, I've been uh, putting on my ball toner. Uh, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zack Snyder's favorite platform, Vero at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one, the podcast you're listening to right now. That's straight out of Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. Join our Facebook group. Follow our Facebook fan page. A lot of great discourse there. Everything you see on Twitter appears in there. Uh, we like to create a news aggregator service. We want to keep you updated with everything we talk about and what we don't talk about. So the best way for you to do that is to follow those handles. Uh, follow podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. That is a sideshow that I do with the wonderful combination of Nicholas and Nico Caruso, the father and son combination we all love on Twitter, uh, at Italians for Spidey. Um, follow at Team Yellow Oval. We're excited about that. The Oval's back in print. It's back in the movies. It's going to be streaming. It's everywhere. It's Oval take up time. Takeover time. Uh, follow me on Batman on Film. I've got reviews of TV shows, comic books, toys. I've got interviews with Tara Strong on YouTube. I've got interviews with Michael Houston on YouTube. Anything you could possibly want in this space, I try to cover. And and I've got hopefully some exciting news dropping in 19 business days. So, something very exciting to announce, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, rub some jelly on my belly. I don't know what that means. It just rhymes. What so I said the it. hell? <laughs> I don't know. It just rhymes, so I said it. It sounded good in my head. <laughs> That's That might be worse than asking me if I sniff people. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it sounded funny to me. Uh, <laughs> rub some jelly on my Oh boy. <laughs> Ooxis! Eric, take it away. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up. That's great. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, if you want my more more Galactusian. Oh, he said a Galactus! <laughs> Ooxis Galactus. Ooxis Galactus. My more Galactusian takes on things as opposed as opposed to be Pete's, how do we say that again? Uxesian. Uxesian, yes. Uxesian takes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at finally33, spell finale33, also the same handle on Instagram as well. Guys, Pete is still laughing, and I'm not going to be able to get through this. Uh, <laughs> um, as Pete mentioned, f- hit us up on Facebook, uh, our, both our Facebook um, group and our Facebook page. The group is actually growing. I-, I love seeing when we get new members in there. We've had a couple new ones in the past couple of weeks, so it's been a lot of fun. Welcome. Um, 
Yes, and that's also where you'll find some of my more interesting takes or comments. I, a lot of times I just throw them in there to to gauge a response from people. <laughs> and uh, so you'll find my stuff in there. As Pete mentioned as, as well with his stuff on Batman on Film, if you guys want to look at all the content I've given to the site over the years, you can go search for my name, uh, Eric Holzman. <laughs> On the BOF site, I have interviews with from Batwoman with Rachel Scarsden and Megan Tandy, right. um, Rebecca Romaine and Jerry O'Connell from uh, Reign of the Superman, a premiere that Pete and I went to. I have my reviews of Titans as well. So go over there and check all those out. Uh, and again, come at me with your thoughts and comments, because that's exactly what, what it's there for. Pete is still hysterically <laughs> laughing. <laughs> But he is not rubbing jelly on his belly. <laughs> At least from what I can tell. Uh, that, that I'm so not sorry. Yet. But uh, you're all going to have these visions now. I, know. <laughs> I apologize in advance for, for letting him put them on the universe. I don't know why he said that. <laughs> oh. All right, so... From Uxus and Galactus and Pete, I'm Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we will see you next time. Booyah!